Praise the Lord. Well, at the beginning of the year, we always raise a vision casting, and the reason we do this is that I think it just gives a bit of better direction to Slimo Sarona. The first Sunday, we'll always talk about vision on a personal level. Second Sunday being today, we'll always talk about our areas of focus uh, so that you know where we're going. So in this uh, particular session, what I'm going to talk about today, I'm going to finish certain aspects of it next week, Sunday. Now, in as much as the principles I'm going to share have to do with us as a local church, these principles can be applied in your personal life. At the beginning of last year, when I was casting vision, I mentioned that I sensed the promptings of the Holy Spirit and the leading of the Holy Spirit that the years 2023, 2024, and 2025 for us as a church will be the years of grace, growth, and gratitude. This leading and prompting of the Holy Spirit regarding these three areas, I had earlier presented to our bishops, overseers, and senior administrators whom we call regional heads, as well as to our bishops' council, which is like our board. This is how we work here, Mohaye. Anything that I sense being led of God, any direction, Erinkang, I will always communicate it first to these people who are in this tier of leadership because these are the two highest decision-making bodies in the church. Now, as much as I come and share with them what I sense God is leading us to do as the head of the church, I'll always present it to them for assessment, for prayer, so that we are of one heart. And the pattern in Scripture in Acts 15, 28, the leaders, after sitting together and talking around what they believed was the direction of the church. They said it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to do the following things. So it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us that we are led of God that the next three years will be those years, grace, growth, and gratitude. So I want to recap from the vision casting I did in January last year. The sermon that I preached at the beginning of last year in 2023 about these three areas. First of all, the area of grace. I sense and we feel that we're going to see the outpouring of God's grace upon our church and upon our lives in exceeding measures. So we will have a sermon this year that will focus a lot on grace alone. But this grace, Barcelona, we Use 2 Corinthians 12, 9, where God says to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. We believe with all our hearts that God's grace is sufficient for us to fulfill what he has called us to do. God's grace is sufficient for us to plant churches. God's grace is sufficient for us to open more branches, to build new buildings. God's grace is sufficient for us to move forward with the vision. That the grace of God will sustain us. Look at your neighbors not saying amen. 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 The good thing, Barcelona, about this is that whatever God does in a local church will always have a spillover to the people who are attending that local church and are connected to that vision. 
So I want to say to you, watch out for the grace of God that is to be poured out upon your life. Oh, now that you work alone, amen, ailing louder, right? Yeah. But we believe that God's grace will carry us. Basalana, with everything else along, we know it is not by our own strength and our own power. And we are grateful for the grace of God. And I see God's grace on your life as well. Amen. Amen. Secondly, with regards to growth, we base that on John 15, verse 1 to verse 5, where Jesus is actually saying we need to bear fruit. Then he says we need to bear more fruit. Then he says we need to bear much fruit. In other words, we're going to see fruitfulness in increasing measures. I stay away from using the word success because, you know, it's been somehow abused a little bit. And the word prosperity because also it's been abused. But I use fruitfulness. But we're going to see progress, fruitfulness. We're going to move forward. Things are going to get better right? We are going to go to higher heights. We're going to achieve even more by the grace of God. And I, and I see the same thing happening in your life. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. And then gratitude, we learned from Luke 17 that we need to say thank you. The one leper who came back to say thank you, that we need to learn to say thank you. So we said last year, January, we're going to experience this outpouring of God's grace upon our lives, upon our ministry, we're going to see growth and expansion in spiritual lives of our church, and we're also going to be showing gratitude in the process. We will stop to say thank you. We will embrace a thankful heart. We will always remember how far God has brought us. And by the way, last year coincided with our 40th anniversary. And so I just want to go through that. Of the many events that stand out in 2023, there are a few that I want to highlight. And in all these events, Barcelona, I want to say we are grateful to God. I think last year for us was a year where we were saying to God, thank you, thank you, thank you for 40 years of ministry. All right? So what defined last year is the following things. Number one. We're grateful to God for having given us traction again to our January prayer service. Prayer is an integral part of our vision as a church. We have been assigned to pray. We believe that we need to teach the members of our church to pray. We want people in our church to be connected to the discipline of prayer because we believe that prayer changes things. Prayer is a powerful weapon that God has given us. Prayer is what the church must do. Just like we'll be praying this afternoon and you need to be there, prayer is an important thing. The reason we are grateful to God for having given us traction again is that post-COVID many churches have not recovered in some of their programs and in some of their disciplines. People are no longer supporting certain events like they used before. Many churches are finding themselves in a situation where they are sitting there with empty buildings or with programs that are not supported whatsoever. We are grateful that by the grace of God, God has brought traction back that all of you have supported prayer and this week was just a cherry on the top to see the many of you coming to prayer. So we are grateful, you know. We are grateful, secondly, Barcelona, 
uh, last year, as I said, even this year, grateful last year to have seen the mantle of God as we rally around in Orlando Stadium where we remembered the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior and our Lord Jesus Christ. For three days that we spent at Orlando Stadium, we were there winning the lost, making sure people come to know Christ as Savior and Lord, ministering to the sick, praying for the oppressed, releasing those who are bound. We stood together side by side and prayed for our nation. We joined together in praise and worship during the gospel concert. We worshiped and praised God side by side as young people, children, different generations. And we hosted a special service for children and young people. We are grateful to God for that, for Orlando Stadium. How many of you can say amen? And watch out, we are going back to Orlando Stadium again this year. Hallelujah. Thirdly, we're grateful to God that his presence never left us for the past 40 years. And that by his grace, he carried us for 40 years. It was good that we could join and go on a pilgrimage and walk side by side, all of us, with younger people and the younger generation. We showed the younger generation our humble beginnings as a ministry. We narrated our story to them from the actual sites, telling the story of what God took us through. I believe that God worked in the hearts of our young people, impressing on them the need to connect to the multi-generational vision. We also created a museum that tells our story. And also we'll be finalizing our legacy initiatives for Chris Honey Baragonath Hospital and Isaacson Higher Primary School. We are grateful to God for that, Bazalana, that God has carried us for 40 years. Are you glad that God has carried us for 40 years, Bazalana? But also from that conference, for the days that we were together at our Word Explosion Conference, there was a very strong prophetic word that came from the conference, which extends to today. We heard in the conference how we need to all take our rightful place in society and in our nation and possess the gates. We were challenged, all of us in the different sectors of society, to stand up and make the place different. We heard how all of us individually need to take our rightful place. And collectively, we need to take our rightful place. That the people in the medical profession will make a difference there. People in the teaching profession will make a difference there. People in business will make a difference there. Now, amen. amen. In the opening session, I shared from John 9, 4, in which the message gives us a sense of urgency for us to do the works of the one who has sent us whilst it is still day. For the night comes when we may not be able to do God's work. In other words, for as long as God has given us the strength and the ability to do so, let's make a difference in our communities and in our societies. We need to embrace this assignment with a sense of urgency. We are very much aware that also we as a church, we have been tasked with certain responsibilities in the nation that I believe we will carry out. So I want us then to remember 
that in the fulfillment of this vision, we will see this grace, growth, gratitude, any of these things will overlap at any given time. So here's the question. What about 2024? What is going to be the distinguishing feature of 2024? Well, this year, we're going to experience an outpouring of the grace of God upon us like never before. Ah. I will teach on a message of grace, but I want you to look out. God's grace is about to be poured out upon your life. Grace is when God enables you to achieve what you couldn't achieve any other way. Grace is when God makes you get more for the little work that you have done. Grace is when God covers you and protects you over the mistakes that you have done that they don't destroy you and they don't kill you. Grace is when God empowers you to even go further. And remember, as I said, for that grace that God is going to pour out upon our ministry, our church, there's going to be a spillover in your lives. There are some of you this year who are going to enter into places where you never thought you could enter into. You're going to be able to fulfill things that you never thought you're going to fulfill. You'll be leading in places where you thought you should not be leading. You're going to operate in abilities that you have never operated in before. And we will see the grace of God in our services as the power of God manifests and God touches people's lives. Can I hear a good amen? amen? This is the year where we're going to see an outpouring of the grace of God. And this outpouring of the grace of God will enable us to accomplish God's mandate. But let me warn, it will also be accompanied by challenges. Therefore, today's message will set a tone for our areas of focus this year. And I've entitled my message, The Grace to Build, comma, for those of you who are writing, <laughs> The Grace to Build, comma, with a sword strapped to the side. That's going to be this year. I'm going to build. I'm going to see God's grace come upon us to build. I'm going to move on. We're going to see a lot of things happen. But in the midst of all that, we're going to have to keep our sword by our side. Because the two are going to go side by side. What do I mean by that? I'm using Nehemiah 4.18 as the text that will give a background or the foundation that will be the foundation of what we're going to talk about. I'm reading Nehemiah 4.18 from the Holman Christian Standard Bible. I don't know how many of you know that Bible. The HCSB. I don't know why it's Sibana. Holman Christian Standard Bible. Something because it reads as follows. Each of the builders had his sword strapped around his waist while he was building. Hey, this is you this year. Each of the builders had his sword strapped around his waist while he was building. The Young's literal translation reads, 
and the builders are each with his sword girded on his loins and building. Hey. The New English translation reads, the builders to a man had their swords strapped to their sides while they were building. Now let me give you the background of this without going into all the details of this background. Briefly stated, this verse is referring to that period when Nehemiah and his nation were trying to rebuild the walls of their city that had been destroyed. The people had, in earlier attempts, tried to rebuild the walls, but the project stalled and they became discouraged and dispirited because building is not easy. Rebuilding is not easy. But what was worse in their case was that as much as the walls had broken down and they were trying to rebuild the walls, in the process their morale got broken down. It's easy to build up a wall that's broken. It's almost impossible to rebuild more the morale that has been broken. Nehemiah somehow was able to rally people around after he was asked to come and join his countrymen. And he cast an amazing, compelling vision and showed people we can do it, even if we have failed in earlier attempts. God used him to revive a dead vision and resuscitate the spirit of possibility to a people who were dispirited. And so the people came, got into the vision, got back into building mode. This is what we need. We need a people who will become building-minded. People who will get back into building mode. Because all we see around us is negativity, wrong stories, evil stories. All we see around us is some of the people who have lost vision and instead of them leading and doing what they should do, they have gotten into a destructive mode. It can be discouraging. It can be dispiriting. We can all get caught up in a negative mode. But you see, God in the midst of that wants to raise a people who will have a different way of thinking and a different modus operandi. And so they got to building. But true as it is in, in life, while they were building, they were besieged by the enemy. Now I'll tell you why. Because Satan is a thief He's a murderer and he is a destroyer. The spirit of Satan and the evil powers of Satan don't know anything about building. Building is what God does. Building is a grace that God imparts. Building is a grace that God gives. And so when you want to build something, when you feel a sense that you want to build something, I want you to know God is inspiring you to do something. But just like it was in the day of Nehemiah, the minute you get into building mode, you will have opposition. Satan will throw everything at you to try and stop you in building. So when Nehemiah was doing this with the men that were there, and he had told them to build. When the enemy came, Nehemiah gets up 
and says to the people, instead of stopping to focus on the enemy, continue building. But once you're building, get a sword on the other hand. Have truffle on the one hand, have a sword on the other hand. Build on the one hand, fight on the other hand. Don't stop and give the enemy credibility. Don't stop building. Don't get discouraged in building. Build on the one hand, fight on the other hand. Tell your neighbor, build on the one hand, fight on the other hand. Nehemiah is saying, the grace to build is not a common grace. The grace to build will always have resistant forces that rise up against it. Instead of you being derailed, discouraged, dispirited, rise up and learn to do these two things. Understand that every building will go with opposition. Understand that every forward movement will always have resistant forces. But understand that you will build. The building it will stand when you fight on the other side. We must not allow the resistant forces to stop us from building and from accomplishing God's mandate. Instead, we need to learn to multitask. To be a mason on the one hand, a builder, a constructor on the one hand, and to be a warrior and a soldier on the other hand, as we saw a soldier receiving the offering today. Oh, yeah. That was amazing, Doc. Okay, that was something. Therefore, we need to learn the skill of building with one hand and fighting with the other hand. Today, I want to talk about the grace to build, why it matters so much. And we'll talk about the fighting next week. So today we're building, next week we're fighting. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Let me say it again. I want to restate. Our God is a builder. Satan is a destroyer. All right? So, when you sense the need to build, the action to build, the inspiration to build, when your mind looks at things that are destroyed and you want to set them back into order, when you see communities that are malfunctioning and you want to come in and bring back order, just know the hand of God is upon your life. When you are that person in your family line who's concerned about the way your family is going and you want to do something different and you are trying, at least some Christmas, to bring them all together. Others came, others didn't come. All right. Now you've tried, now early in the year, you're trying to get your life organized. All right? You're trying to advance in your career, trying to advance in your studies. You, you're just trying to build something. You started a family, you started, you started a church, you're just, you just into building mode. Just know that the anointing is on you. Look at your neighbor and say, the anointing is on you. The anointing is on you. The anointing is on you. Why? Because our God is a builder. Our God is a builder. Satan doesn't know how to build anything. In fact, Satan likes to take over what has already been there. 
And even when he takes it over, he destroys it. Because he's the master counterfeiter and he's filled with destruction. And so don't be surprised when the spirit of the enemy rises up against you. Satan may use someone you know, may use your family member, may use circumstances. He might try to use your emotions and your feeling to get you into a destructive mode. Mara, this year, you're not going to destroy anything. You're going to build with the one hand, you're going to fight with the other hand. Can I hear an amen, Bazalat? You're going to build with the one hand, you're going to fight with the other hand. Throughout scripture, God comes through as a builder. For that reason, the ability to build... And the desire to build is a grace and an impartation that comes from God. Let me give you the verses quickly. Exodus 25, verse 1, 2, 8, and 9. God instructs Moses, let the children of Israel build me a sanctuary. Let them build me a sanctuary. Psalms 127, verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. God is a builder. In Matthew 16, verse 16, Jesus says, And I say unto you, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I say it, Bazarana, I will do what? I will do what? I will build my church. God is a builder. God is a builder. That word build is a very interesting word. It is the Greek word oikodomio. Just write it as it sounds. Oikodomio. Yeah. O-I-K-O-D-O-M-E-O. Oikodomio. The word oikodomio is an interesting word. It means... To be a house builder. But it also means to construct. See, when there's construction, construction implies lots of things. We're going to talk about them. But let me say it now. During construction, it's a process, takes long. Sometimes when there's construction, when you look at the construction sites, it looks like pandemonium. Confusion. Everything, everywhere. There's a tractor there. It's construction. There's a point when construction is happening, when you look at it, there's no sign of anything that's good coming out of there, but it is construction. Jesus says, I will build my church, which is us. I will build my church. So in other words, well, I see people criticizing the church. Saying the church not working. The church is what, what? There's such and such in the church. There's confusion in the church. And I say, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're under construction. Yeah. We're under construction. Did you know something? This is not in my notes. Keep a cellar. Tell your neighbor, keep a cellar. Tell your neighbor again, keep a cellar, neighbor, keep a cellar. Did you know something? I, I found this very interesting. I found this very interesting. When God 
put Adam to sleep in Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2, and so on. And God put him to sleep and he took out of his side, the Bible says, took out of his side a rib in which he, from which he made a woman. Very interesting words. Remember, Adam, right, was the prefiguring or a type of Jesus. He was a shadow of Jesus. So whatever happened to first Adam becomes the pattern of what's going to happen to second Adam. Therefore, whatever happens to first Adam cannot go wrong. It has to follow the proper pattern exactly with what's going to happen to the second Adam. So what does God do with the first Adam? He takes first Adam, makes him to sleep. The word sleep there in Hebrew, it's like somebody is in a comatose condition almost to a point of death, which was a prefiguring of a death that was to come of the second Adam. That when Jesus, the second Adam, dies, he's, he, when he sleeps, with first Adam, God makes him to sleep, takes out of his side, and the Bible says, and from the rib that God took, made he. In the, in, 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 into, in the Hebrew it says, yatsar. To yatsar means to, to form, to shape, to construct, to create. See, so, so, so that's why the women are more pretty than us guys. <clears throat> because you see, when, when, when God was making Eve, God took his time. God's creative spirit and creative anointing was at his best. Runa, guys, but with a woman, God took and fashioned and formed and shaped her and, and created her and constructed her. Second Adam, when he died on the cross, they pierced him on the side, and out of his side, God took out the bride of Christ, and Jesus says, I will build, I will construct my bride, I will build my church. So just like Eve, we are being constructed, we are being shaped, we are being molded. We don't yet look like the way we're going to look. We are still under construction and I can tell you, we're going to look very beautiful. Oh yeah. Jesus says, I will build my church. So building has to do with constructing, working. At a point when you are building, there's confusion, there's all kinds of things. God is a builder. And you carry the anointing of a builder too. I said, you carry the anointing of a builder too. I said, you carry the anointing of a builder too. I said, you carry the anointing. You carry the anointing. You carry the anointing. In the dome, you carry the anointing of a builder. Out in the, in the fire, you carry the anointing of a builder. All of you in the youth hall, you carry the anointing of a builder. Room one to four, you carry the anointing of a builder. Come on. If you carry the anointing of the builder, say shout hallelujah in the house. We carry the anointing. So God has anointed us and we carry the anointing of builders. In fact, Ephesians 2, 19 to 20 says we are built on the foundation of apostles and prophets. So building Barcelona is God's modus operandi. This is how God does anything. He builds. Yeah. He doesn't rush. He doesn't take over what has been existing. He builds. 
God designed that everything that matters in this life must be built. And the bigger it is, the longer it takes to build. I mean, look at it. The insects, their period of gestation is very short. They can just... But an elephant, it carries a baby for how long? Is it two years? Three, three years? Two years, eh? Yeah. An elephant, it's a big one. Two years. Can you imagine? A pregnancy here, two years. <laughs> but it's no smaller, it's no smaller, it's no smaller building. It's a bigger one. So the bigger the oikodomio, the longer it takes. Now, because you are a builder, because you'll be building this year, because God's going to pour out his grace upon us to build, here's the question I want to ask. What will building require? Because we need to know. What, what, what is it going to take for us to build? Build churches. We're going to plant more churches. We're going to be building buildings this year. We're going to be, you know, uh, building up more leadership. All kinds of things. That's what we'll be doing by God's grace. We're now in your life. Whatever it is that God is inspired to build, what is it going to take? Tell your neighbor, ask your neighbor, neighbor, do you know what is going to take you? You know what is going to take you? Do you know what is going to take you? Do you know what is going to take you? Number one, the first thing that building requires is a plan or a pattern, or you can call it a vision. When you build a house, you don't just go in there. Starts with somebody, who draws a picture of what they see in their mind and in their heart. So in other words, what you're going to build must first exist inside of you. Oh. And it gets born, put down on paper. And you put down that picture of what you see on the inside. So, the Ishikuhuri, do you have a plan about your life this year? Do you have a vision? Because if you have a plan, then every day of your life is organized. You know, when I wake up, first thing I pray. Secondly, I look at my vision. Thirdly, I speak over my life. Fourthly, I study. I read a book every day. I read several chapters. Why little like you want to get into it? Sorry, or you just wake up and just to wake up. Yeah, yeah. See, so you, you've got to have a plan. So we have plans about the things that we're going to do at the church. Some of them we're finalizing here and there, but we have a plan. We have a plan. We know what January we're going to focus on this February. This we're planning out. Have a plan. Do you have a plan? Do you have a pattern? Do you really know? Because you just have to have it. If you don't, if you don't have it, it's a big problem. Go to write it down. I like the young people, they journal. Write down. Write down. You know, God, God said it. He, says, he said in the book of Habakkuk, write it down. Yeah, and he says, write down the vision. Write it down so that the one who reads it may run with it. Write it down. Write down. You know, I use personally my own diary. I like these big diaries, you know, these ones. And I write down. If you, you and, and oftentimes I've got I've got the diaries I got dating back, I could see be 2004. I've got I've got lots of them. And you know, now and then I like just going back and reading them. And I'm amazed at how much of that has happened in my life. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you go back. And, and, and like I say, you know, sometimes you, you get to see. This is what God said this year. These are the things that I went through. This is what happened. So you learn the journey. And you learn how God works. And, and next time, you don't get zingzonged because how God brought you through. You are right down. Right down. And it's, it's incredible, Bazalan. It's incredible. It's incredible. Every day that goes by, every week that goes by, every month that goes by, it's a story of your life. Yeah. Every day that goes by, it's the unfolding of the history of your life. Write it down. Sometimes it's hard to remember certain things 10 years later. But when you've written it down, the, the, the book does not forget. The computer doesn't forget. All right, just, just store it on the cloud and just pray that the cloud doesn't go away. All right, but just write it down. Very important. Every building, first of all, you need a plan. Number two, when you build, it's going to involve different things. So in other words, if you're going to build, you're going to have to learn to multitask. And you'll have to learn that it's not just the one thing that makes things work. It's the many things. And, and many people don't understand that. I'll give you an example. Let me give you an example. You see people studying a church, and all that this Mfundisi does is in the church, he thinks the way to get the church to grow is to prophesy people 24-7, 365 and a quarter days. So how can I get him for it? Baho profit and baho profit go parking lot, baho profit and baho profit and nine to one. And people think that that's all there is. And the younger ministers start a church and all they do is a prophetic church. There's no administration, they don't pray, they don't teach the Bible, they don't train people to be workers in the church, they, they have no plan, they don't, they don't have a board. They don't register the church. What profit, Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. When you build, it involves lots of things. Just a building engine. You need engineers. You need a plan, architects. You need builders. You need different types of material. You need to coordinate different things that work together. You know, I like looking at construction sites and, and then some of the areas here, there are some of the roads that are being revamped. And it's, it all, I always marvel when they are revamping a road. I mean, you know, you see there's this part already, it's already done. They've, it's already tarred Maramona. It's still, there's nothing has been done. In Kaiputsa, why about Champa Mo, Bastata Mole, Nol Mole Batsela Meti, Mo Batsela Ta, Mo Batsang. I mean, it's like, and they're running all these things at the same time. But if you give them time, <laughs> one day, the whole thing will be done. You see, so when you build, it's different things. And this is where, you know, some, some, some people, that, that's the reason. When, when one small thing goes wrong when you're trying to achieve something, you stop. You know, once the funding doesn't come, you stop. It's not just the funding. There's other things that you can do. I don't know why I came in Monaki Buaka funding. I can see became Mango Batlang funding come. Oh, go and at the back there. <laughs> don't stop when the funding stops. Yeah. When one person of the team leaves, you stop. Once Babuakam Pekawena on Facebook, Wangala was stop. You 
you can't build like that. Building takes many, many things. Yeah. You really have to learn, Barcelona. You know, I mean, with the church, you teach, you pray, you train, you give, you work, you upskill, you delegate. It's, it's so many things. You must manage money. You must manage people. You know, people, but Lamona, they have different temperaments. I'm telling you, you must just know how to, because people are not the same. There are people who work hard. There are those by Docha. There are those babu a lot, but there's very little to them. All they do kubu. You from So so after a while what's about our oats about So if there's a task Because oats about so Rama Asaina, but oh how So we will post them. It takes a lot of things, Basalan. And it's a grace. I see that grace coming upon your life in Jesus' name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The grace to build. Number three. Building, building a true quality building is not to be hurried. But it involves process. So you, you can't cut corners. You can't rush it. Unfortunately, we are living in a world where people are in a hurry to parade their achievements. So you feel like when you haven't arrived because... You don't have a, a Mercedes-Benz and your friends broken in school of Lebona, but now let's say three. Mara, you don't know how they got them. You don't even know if they are paid for. You don't even know if they are posing next to somebody else's Mercedes-Benz. You don't know. All you see is what they are posting on Facebook or on X or on Instagram. All you know is what they're posing. Because there are people about posing next to these things. I stubborn. But pose it's a fellas. Well, sir, I mean, is it you who posed next to your thing and trust not yours? Many people who rush themselves to success hurt themselves in the process. Because sometimes you end up lowering your standards, compromising yourself, rushing into things. Sometimes people promise us heaven and earth and they give you neither. Or you are rushed and you can't process what's been offered to you. If you don't sign on this, this thing, fella, in the next 15 minutes. So when I will sign, because you see the time ticking away. After signing, I want to in Bombay, eh? You have been bombayerized. <laughs> don't hurry. If you are building, don't hurry. Of course, be timeous, but don't rush. Some things will take longer than what you thought. Some things will be more expensive than what you budgeted. Some things will be harder than what was depicted in the plan. Sometimes unforeseen circumstances. You know, there was this preacher who who was talking about it, he said, you know, when his wife turned uh, uh, 40, I think it was, you know, he missed it, this guy. You know, we men, you know, sometimes he, he, he no, 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 be kind now. <laughs> he, the, the brother forgot about the wife's birth date. Yeah, it was trouble. I said, it was really trouble. It was trouble. So, 
So he said, all right, I, I, I'll make it up to you when you're 10.50. Come on now, you people, come on. Come on. Come on. It's two lovers. People who love one another. So on the 50th anniversary of his wife, this guy said, I planned. I went overboard. You know, it was an outdoor event. And he had a, an events coordinator of note. And he, he was going to uh, pick up his wife in a, I think it was a, some limousine of, I mean, it was just one, everything outdoors, every, beautiful, flowers, everything he spent, he went overboard. And then on the day of the event, it rained. <laughs> everything was washed off. Every, everything. Can you imagine? You know, sometimes there's things that you can't plan for. What do you do when the weather interferes with your project that time. Well, we'll wait for her to be 60 years. <laughs> and pray to God that nothing happens. Eh? <laughs> but you know, when you build Barcelona, there are unforeseen things. But if you have a hurried spirit about you, you will immediately give up. And I was saying in the first service, there are people who leave so many half-done projects. So many. You know? Because crisis came, but Fans ran out, but People left, but And then to try and rush in progress, they look for where the funding is. If it's funding for farming, they rush for the funding here, farming, even if they're not a farmer at heart. Just, just to get the funding of farming. And then they gather funding, and because it's not their gifting, it's not their area, it's not their space, then nothing happens, and then they start, and they run out of plans, they, they, they don't do anything, nothing happens. Then there's funding for, uh, for, the, for, in, for so, no, solar panels, <laughs> to sell solar panels, so they run for... And so when you meet these people after several years, they can give you a long resume, a very long CV. Or, you know, in this, I was this. In the whole chair, I get it three months, 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 three months. How many of you are sitting next to somebody like that? Get it three months, three months, three months, three months, three months. They were not able to build anything. Why? Because they rushed. If you look in any sector, anything, whether it's a business, whether it's a, it's a marriage, it's a church, doesn't matter what it is. Those people, for them to get to where they are, there has to be one or two that they focused on for a long time. Yeah. And they went through the entire process. They stayed the process. They built the building. And if you listen to their story, they will tell you their journey. I was telling them, Pastor Don Phillips out in, you know, in Imtata, they have such a beautiful building. I mean, it's a state of the art, 20th century building. But you know, it took so many years, was alone. So many years. And the, the man of God, he's gone through so much. They started the project. The first contractor didn't finish. Second contractor, Wamzalwana, didn't finish. <laughs> and the building stood there for years, just the steel structure. And the steel structure was rusting. 
Some of it could not be used. And you know what happens when things have happened like that only a pastor name? Stories fly around. People leave the church. Yeah. But finally, somehow he got back to the process, was assisted. Several people came, helped. Some of us came, got the building going. Now he's in a building. Now, you know, here's what I always laugh, you know, laugh at. People who are there celebrating, and I see them jumping around, I say, I wonder if you've asked this man what it has taken to be here. Yeah. He just never gave up. Just like you mustn't give up. I said you mustn't give up. Mustn't give up. Yeah. The dream you have comes from God. The vision you have comes from God. The reason you want to be a builder is because the spirit of God rests on you. Will you have what it takes to stay the cost? Will you be the last man standing? Will you be the last woman standing? Don't hurry. Be timeless. Do what you should do. But don't rush through things that you shouldn't rush through. Stick it out. Number four, building requires laying a solid foundation. Solid. Because remember, Basaran, everything else that follows relies on that foundation. If you want to big a, build a big building, take the time to lay a strong foundation. And that strong foundation, remember, it's going to be deep. It's going to be expensive. And you can't compromise on the material. Amen. You don't spare anything. Sometimes the foundation per square meter may cost even more than the building itself. Yeah. So, don't be surprised if it's taking long for you to take off. Continue building. I'm trying to encourage you. You're not getting encouraged at all. I'm trying to encourage you. Continue. Some of you, I mean, ever since you started the business, as yet, you're not earning anything from it. It's still operating from your garage, from your car. You are paying your workers. But now you are not drawing any salary. You are building. It won't be like that forever. You are building. You are building. I mean, this church, this church, when it started, we were using the garage at home. In my home. My parents allowed us to use the garage for free. Yeah. There's a garage. That garage was many things. It was an office. It was a storage for the sound system. It was a place where the music group would come and practice on Fridays. And on Saturday, it was a, 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 prayer, a prayer meeting place. And then during the week, I was doing administration and counseling people. The office. Huh? Everything was happening there. Yeah. Yeah. You're building. <laughs> ah, you're not hearing what I say. You're building. You're building. The building. And that's why I tell people when you're building, you don't have to have all the fancy things. You don't have to have an air conditioned building and your offices go certain heights. 
and your car even a Lamborghini. You don't need that. Even if you combat takes, you are building. Come on now. Yeah, you are building. You are building. The, the, the good thing about building, you can only move forward. And if you take the time to focus on building, once the foundation is laid, it's laid. You don't have to go back. You don't have to go back. You've already paid the price for that. You, you've, but if you do it right, you don't have to go back. So take the time to do it right. Because you don't have to go back. But people who cut corners, by the time you reach window level, the foundation cracks. So you have to start again. That's why you have people who are starting again all the time at Kalagabush. At Kalagabush. At Kalagabush. Look at your neighbor and say, Hey, I want to tell someone you have to pay for Do it right. Don't have a hurried spirit about you. What number are we on now that Alessa Mpuisa? What number are we on? Number five. Building requires a willing heart and sacrifice. A willing heart. You must give yourself to what you're doing. You must believe more in what you're doing than people who are working with you. You must be willing when to sacrifice. Because people who work for you may not sacrifice like you. Very rare. Very rare. Very rare. Often they come, they work, even if they love you. But they want to see a remuneration at the end of the month. It's not often. It's, it's, it's a blessing to have workers who can work longer than is required and be paid just enough. It's not everybody who can take that. It's very few people in the world. People will do it. They will ask for a raise. The products are not going. They ask for a raise. But if you are the one who is the visionary, you have to be able to stomach all that. Hey, this someone is not easy. I live not care you Serious. You must have a willing heart and you must be willing to sacrifice. Yeah. You must be willing to sacrifice, Bazalat. Three of my cars, even if they were not much, but three of my cars were used for this church. I remember the Passat. It was almost like a van. There's a station wagon. We used to pack the sound system, PV, and transport the sound system. You are building. Yeah, you are building. You don't cry. Why should they? You are the visionary. Sacrifice. Yeah. Let people who work with you notice that you believe so much in what God has assigned you to do. And that you'll be willing to roll up your sleeves and work, that if they, if they abandon something in the business and walk away, you will go and do it. You will not say, I'm the boss. I'm not going to sweep the floor. If they don't sweep the floor the way it should be swept, you go sweep the floor. Because you believe in what you're doing. You believe in the vision more than they do. 
No, that's not what we have today. I get very concerned. Sometimes even with young pastors when they start churches. Or people who start businesses. Already you are such a VIP. Day one. Day one, VIP. You know, you're not even going to clean the place. Already your designer suit. First day I see a designer suit. Get overall. Yeah. Get overall. Oh yeah. If you want to build something, if you want to build something, you'll never build something if all you do is to send other people to do it for you. Yeah, delegate, but be there. Be, be the leader of the pack. Show them how things should be done. Lead from the front. There shouldn't be anything in your company, Elori, you don't have an idea about. Even if you may not be an expert, but no. Yeah. Yeah. I say money na marai man man man. Hey. And let's conclude. We'll continue on this next week. But let's conclude. Building requires intentionality. Luke 14 28 to 30, Mamelangwa Jesus says, he says, for which of you intending to build a tower doesn't sit down and first count the cost? First count the cost. You must ask yourself, am I equal for the task? Now, sometimes you may, you may be afraid or anything, but am I willing to stick it out? Ask yourself that question. Many people run into things that they haven't calculated what it's going to take. Jesus says, for which of you intending to build a tower doesn't sit down first, count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it. See, the goal is to finish, not to start. Lest after he has laid the foundation and he's not able to finish, those who see him, they mock him, saying this man began to build and he was not able to finish. It's not supposed to be by here so that we must go into an open field and begin to build at the spare of the moment. If you, if you are a builder, you don't let emotions control you. You don't allow sentiment or competition. You see somebody who has built and said, nah, so it's not going to work for you. And you don't depend on sentiment. You don't on days when you feel good, now you're going to build. Because you feel good. See, that's, that's what people do in the, early in the year. Early in the year, everybody's fired up. Come February. People have forgotten what they said they were going to do in the year. June or Nakimatat. When it's cold and it's freezing and the weather is not nice. Then you realize all of a sudden the people who said, No, I'm going to be the first one there. I will be the first one. I will open next thing. Turns over phone and over boots. And then Karna Waba Sugela over boots. Now they're by my cards. But I said, But you said you're going to be the first one. Yeah, I want to go to the first one. If 
you're going to allow the weather, how you feel, there are days when you have to go even when you feel tired. There are days when you go even when your body tells you not to go. You don't allow your body to tell you, because the body does say that sometimes. There's days when you don't feel like. I mean, for me, Barcelona, the morning prayer, we're starting tomorrow. The journey starts again. <laughs> the journey starts again. <laughs> Some days when I wake up and I get there, my head is saying, what are you doing? My body is saying, don't you know you're a pensioner? My heart is saying, I have made a commitment to lead this prayer and I'm going to do it. Oh yeah. And you know the funny thing? Those days when I feel the worst... That's the day when the anointing is at its best. And all of a sudden, God's anointing begins to hit that place. And man, I can just feel I'm flowing. Today, blind. But when I woke up, <laughs> and I realized, using feelings and emotions is a poor, poor signal. And if you are a person who relies on feelings and emotions, you won't build anything. There are times when you build even when it doesn't make sense. You build even when it looks like you're not moving forward. You build even when your feelings tell you to give up. You build even when people are telling you what you're doing. You build even when you've run out of things you build. You build even when people have walked away from the construction site. You build even when your body tells you to stay one more day. You build even when the budget is not there. You build. You find something to do. You have made up your mind. I've got the anointing to build. I see you having the anointing to build. I see you not giving up on the project. I see you rising up and saying, I don't care. I'll do it all by the grace of God. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Even if I'm crying, I'm still building. Even if I feel depressed, I'm still building. Even if I feel there's a pain on my back, I am still building. Even if I feel like I have a headache, I am still building just have to have that attitude about it many days when we come to the pulpit and we don't feel like it I mean we come from a week I was preaching here every day preparing every day preparing every day I was doing something today I have to be here this is the second service and I'm going to be preaching at the third service here so wait a minute it's fraternal this is a pensioner bro But you see, there's another body. And feelings are the worst indicators of the will of God. The body must be the slave to your mind and the slave to your spirit. For as long as it's strong and healthy, you must give it command and say, you are not going to sleep. You are not going to rest. We're going to do the will of God. I see you rising up this year and not allowing your emotion. Because you're a builder. Why don't you all stand up on your feet and why don't you go to five people and tell them, you know what, you're looking at a builder here. You're looking at a builder. Ah, man. Yeah, you're, you're, you're looking at a builder, man. You're looking at a builder. 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 Tell them, tell them, tell them they don't believe you. Go to seven people. Make it seven. Perfect number. Give them a high five. Say, you know what? Tell them, you know what, you're looking at a builder here. 
You're looking at a builder here. Hallelujah. You know what I like? It's on a day like this, with a sermon like this, that destinies get born. Yeah. Destinies get born. Yeah. Yeah. Some of you, it's a sermon like this that's going to be a lifesaver. Telling you. It's going to be a game changer. It's going to be a defining moment. What I heard that day, and I made a decision. There have been sermons like that for me. When I've gone to church, or I went to a leadership something, or I was in a service, I was listening from social media or somewhere, and I just heard something. It's not even in the ten points, it's just in the one sentence sometimes. That lodged in my heart. And that day I made a decision and I said, from today, this is the direction I'm going. Never again am I going back there. But remember, Satan is going to fight you all the way. Because remember, he has studied your pattern. He knows how susceptible you are. He knows who... When January Ifela opanchits. He knows. He knows when February Eta over lay sicker 14. You stop doing what is right. He knows. Yeah, he's been doing this on you for the last few years. Mara this year. The grace of God is gonna carry me. Yeah. Yeah. This year, that hurdle that has made me to trip for the last 10 years. Ah, by the grace of God this year. Come on now, somebody. By the grace of God this year. I, I, I just sense in my spirit this year, some of you are going to get unstuck. 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 Unstuck, unstuck. Things that you have been tripping over. No more this year. This is a different year. No more. No more. No more. Some of you, you have been caged in. You have been limited. Satan has pressed you to one spot. I see you stretching your wings and flying. I see you going over things. I see you not being encamped anymore. Not being harnessed anymore. Some of things that have been repetitively happening every year you've come back to the same place you know it already you see the signs of it Ah, but this year is a different year the grace of God is going to help you to overcome that yeah it's almost like this year God is saying to you like he said in Deuteronomy 6 you've been on this mountain and around this mountain for too long Break camp and advance. I see you advancing in the name of Jesus. I see you breaking every barrier and breaking out of everything. Because the grace of God is upon your life. Come on, if you believe that, give the Lord a shout. If you receive that, give the Lord a shout. If you take that as a portion, give the Lord a shout and make the devil nervous. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the year that even in our church, in areas where we have gone in circles, in areas that have been tripping us up, enough is enough. Yeah, I said enough is enough. We are moving over to another level by the grace of God. Yeah, we're going to put up a fight. We're going to build with one hand. We're going to fight with another hand. We're going to advance and we're not going to stop building. We're not going to stop moving forward. No, 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 no. We continue building. We continue fighting. We are moving forward in the name of Jesus. We're not stopping. We're not going to feel sorry for ourselves. We're not going to apologize. We're not going to be dispirited. We're not going to be discouraged. We're not going to be taken off course. We're not going to listen to negative voices. We're not going to give in to our emotions and our feelings. We are moving on in the name of Jesus. We are charging forward in the name of Jesus. We are not going back. We are moving on in the name of Jesus. I see that as your passion. We are moving on. We are moving on. We are moving on in the name of Jesus. And may that anointing and that portion be on your life. Raise your hands and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost and let that anointing flow. Hallelujah. Let that anointing flow, Father. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Let that anointing flow. A mangre nombra bagre nonsense. Jembra debra vavrevan managoro deyama. A mangre non solo desoledaya. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Sekumani yanin chalele. Gabreka lambra nangrega lega. Azembra nongro rabagoro deya la badea. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Sekana malenea. There's the anointing. There's the anointing. There's the anointing. Keshila brehe mangre desipere vevema. Thank you, Lord, for the flow of your grace, your grace, your grace, your grace, your grace. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Father, we see, we see, we see where we were encaged, where we were limited. The limitations, the limitations are being thrown away. The limitations are falling away. Thank you for the grace. Thank you for the grace. This year, we will move into the dimensions that we've never moved in before. Thank you, Lord, that we are not being encamped. Thank you, Lord, that we are not being harnessed. Thank you, Lord, that we are not being limited. Begin to speak prophetically over your life. 
begin to make declarations right now father i will not be harnessed anymore in the name of jesus in the name of jesus i will not be limited anymore in the name of jesus for christ gives me the ability christ gives me the ability i can do all things through christ who strengthens me by the grace of god i will be a builder this year by the grace of god i'll be able to stick it out this year begin to make declarations over your life even over your family thank you jesus lord i declare over this church that we will move into new heights by the grace of God. I declare over this ministry, God, that we will see more buildings being built this year in the name of Jesus. More churches being started in the name of Jesus. More people being discipled in the name of Jesus. More people coming to know Christ as Savior and Lord in the name of Jesus. And all the hurdles, all the blockages that the enemy is trying to create, in the name of Jesus, Father, they are being neutralized right now. Mangembon Gregalaga Desete, Rabalabra Kandomo, Mamarita Skebeleta Loshe, Ezima Nombre Mangregalagada, Ay Kadora Nanchel, Mengre Barbedebra, Rabalaba Gorodea Sata, Egengale Nangre, Mra Alegedialo, Eh, Eh, Esikatum Randongleba, Mama Mangom Rongongogo, O Sokolo Bori. Oh, Sakabo, Oh, Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the impartation. Thank you for the anointing. Emangre nembali dasale, shakala malemro nongraga laga dasate. Eke tisilishilita, mama mama ngare deyaba. Bless your name, O Lord. Bless your name, O Lord. Just remain standing, please. Remain standing. Just bow your heads. Close your eyes. Where it starts is in knowing Christ as Savior and Lord. And some of you, you've been invited to come to this place. Or maybe you've come on your own. But as yet, you haven't invited Jesus Christ to be the Savior and the Lord of your life. You are here. You may be in the overflow hall, in the foyer, in the dome, room one to four. You may be in the youth hall. You may be in any of our churches. You may be in this auditorium. But you know for sure, Jesus Christ... He's not the Lord of your life. You know that your life is not right before God. You are not born again. You don't ever remember receiving Christ and inviting him to come into your heart to be your Savior and your Lord. But as you're listening to the word today, you realize that only Jesus can change your life. And you want to start this year in the right way. You want to commit your life to Jesus Christ. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. So if you hear and you say, please pray for me, I want to invite Jesus Christ into my heart. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed. If that's you and you want to receive Christ, would you just raise your hand right where you are? Let me see it so that I can pray with you. Just raise it up. Thank you for those hands. God bless you. Raise it high. Raise it high. All over the place. Yeah, I see some in the foyer. All right. Even in the dome, you can raise your hands. Room one to four. Even in the youth hall there. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This is the way. This is how we start, Bahesu. We give God our life. We say, God, here's my life. 
You are the only one who can mend this life of mine. Thank you for raising hands. I want to pray for you, all right? I really want to pray for you. May I ask you please, just to come from where you are, doesn't matter how far you are, just come walk all the way to the front, take your belongings, your Bible, your bag, your purse, just walk all the way to the front, the ashes will help you. Come, let's pray together right now. If you raise your hand, come on, let's pray together. Thank you, Jesus. Give them a big hand, everybody, as they walk. Bless the Lord. Thank you.